This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, June 28th. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, Mountain Village elections on Tuesday, G is for government previews Telluride Town Council, minor soccer takes home silver, and a mountain weather forecast. By Tuesday evening, Mountain Village will have a newly elected town council. Mountain Village's 2021 town council election will take place on Tuesday, June 29th, with ballots due by 7 p.m. This year, seven candidates are vying for three open seats. Yvette Roth, Patrick Berry, Harvey Mogensen, Douglas Tooley, Jack Gilbride, Dustin Clemens, and Heather Knox. Patrick Berry and Jack Gilbride are running as incumbents for a second term. Current town council member Natalie Binder is not seeking re-election. Voters can drop their ballots at Mountain Village Town Hall or vote in person on Election Day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. The newly elected council members will be sworn in on July 15th. The first order of business for council will be swearing in a new mayor and mayor pro tem. From the Municipal Code to Development Planning, Telluride's Town Council meeting on Tuesday will be full of discussions that could have a direct impact on your life. In this week's installment of G is for Government, Council Member Geneva Shawnette shares what to expect. Have a listen. Hey, Geneva, thanks for joining me for another installment of G is for Government. Absolutely, let's do it. Telluride Town Council is having its regularly scheduled meeting on Tuesday, and you're starting off with a kind of like in the weeds, but also really big work session in the morning. Can you share what that's going to be? Yeah, so basically um, our town is is run by a home rule charter, sort of like our guiding document on how the town functions and how town government functions. And Every handful of years, we make a bunch of amendments um, to that document. Some of them, most of them are little cleanup clarification edits, but because it is such an important document, uh, the amendments have to go to the voters um, to be approved. We can't just change them. It's sort of like a constitutional amendment for small towns. So uh, there's little things in there like, you know, it it mentions the town treasurer, but we have a finance director switching that over. Um, being more clear about different specifics in kind of boring but important functioning uh, protocols for the town. So that's sort of what we'll be going over in the morning. And so for that, this is the work session to discuss that, but then any voter in Telluride will see um, these changes again come up on their ballot in the fall. Is that right? Absolutely. So it will basically be a question of, do you vote to make all of these changes um, to the Home Rule Charter? For the town of Telluride, and every, everyone will get the opportunity to vote yes or no on that. Got it. And then um, there's a number of kind of the admin type things that y'all often do in the afternoons, presentations and proclamations, consent calendar, all of those elements. But then there is also a public hearing um, looking at fire. Can you share what that's going to be talking about? Yes. So we are going to be passing an emergency ordinance um, restricting fires, fireworks, and smoking within the town of Telluride. It's no secret that we're in a serious drought right now in the West. And so we are taking the steps that we can take as a town to um, impose restrictions, although the county 
will probably have um, some broader restrictions as well. So uh, we'll be discussing that uh, emergency ordinance. The final big really big element of the day is a second work session that's going to be taking place in the afternoon. And that's looking at the Southwest area conceptual plan. Can you dive into that? Yes. So the work session in the afternoon, if we, if we end our work session early in the morning, we may begin this topic in the morning. And if not, we will uh, start in the afternoon at three o'clock. But this is going to be a work session to basically bring us back up to speed on the Southwest area plan. Uh, affectionately known as the swap plan, and it's basically um, a long, uh, long-reaching plan that the town has been working on for years now. But we sort of got sidetracked when COVID happened and stopped the process of developing this plan. But essentially, the idea is that that is the area of town where the uh, the town of Telluride owns the most land and the most undeveloped land. So think. Carhenge parking lot, Shandoka parking lot, the roads that go between them, Mahoney, Pacific Street, uh, the Virginia Placer area. And it's a large area of land. And we have been discussing, we had a multiple um, work sessions, public meetings in the evenings during the day with a consulting team, took a lot of public input about what kind of uses and what kind of traffic patterns um, should be uh, executed in that part of town. And we are going to be discussing uh, density, affordable housing, parking, potentially neighborhood commercial. Um, But we basically need an updated plan on how the town is going to use those properties. Well, it's definitely a big meeting with a lot of different topics that that everyone's going to be discussing and that are important to the people who live in the community. So, Geneva, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to chat with me today. Thanks so much for having me, and um, we'll, see you at your, we'll see you at the meeting. The Telluride Miners girls' soccer team may not have gotten the win they wanted over the weekend. But they're still winners in our books. Just the whole season in general was, I mean, we couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, they, uh, you know, they met all our expectations and then some. That's Ramon Rodriguez, coach for the Telluride Miners girls soccer team. This year was the first the Telluride girls team made it to the state championships, going up against the Dawson Mustangs. Unfortunately, a win was not in the cards, with the Mustangs winning the championship 15-4. to the highest scoring state championship in Colorado girls soccer, according to the Colorado High School Activities Association. Even though the score didn't show it, what we would like, you know, we put four goals in and and we held strong. And I think it was a good thing for the girls to see, you know, what what needs to happen if they're going to get there again and someday win it. For the minors, those goals came from two players, Ayla Kanow and Brooke Duncan. While the team headed to the championship undefeated for the season, Rodriguez says they still felt like the underdog. They had their own goals set, and I think they met all of those. And of course, you know, we didn't win the championship, but we weren't expected to to get there anyway. And that just kind of set the standard for the years to come. And to Rodriguez, it speaks to good games to come. What we're really hoping for is is these juniors to step up. And yes, we're going to be young, and, and we have a big class coming in with the next year's freshmen. 
but you know we just want them to keep what we started and keep that going you know and looking forward you know we just want that to carry on to to every class you know every senior class and every year that we get stronger and stronger the season is officially over but it's only a matter of time until the cleats are back on and the work starts over to get back to the field and the championships once again A second life. We've seen it in movies. A sinister vampire, a mad science project gone wrong. Then there's James Bedford, the first person successfully frozen after death in hope of a rebirth in the future. While the ability to be frozen and brought back to life is still a thing of mystery, cryogenics and cryopreservation is here now. This week, the Telluride Science Research Center will be hosting a panel discussion titled the Big Chill, Cryopreservation, the Science of Second Chances. Professors Allison Hubel, Song Han, and Nancy Levenger will talk about how cryopreservation is providing new life through fertility treatments, preserving plant and animal species, and cell therapy to support patients with everything from cancer to spinal cord injuries to neurological disorders. The Telluride Science Town Talk will take place at the Transfer Warehouse on Tuesday, June 29th from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. The event is free and open to the public. Governor Jared Polis signed several bills on Monday, including a new law that could change how people fill out their ballots in future elections. KOTO's Scott Franz has more. House Bill 1071 will make it easier for some cities to start using ranked choice voting. Under this system, voters can rank multiple candidates, and if one fails to win a clear majority, those rankings come into play. Supporters say it will save taxpayer money by avoiding costly runoff elections, but opponents worry it will confuse voters and could hurt turnout. Polis also signed a bill creating a new hotline to translate ballots in multiple languages. The state estimates more than 80,000 people who do not speak English well are living in counties that only print them in English. He also signed a bill banning public schools from using Native American mascots. Lawmakers who passed the measure say the mascots are offensive. Any school that continues using them without permission will face a $25,000 monthly fine. I'm Scott Franz in Denver. Small towns along Colorado's Front Range are booming, but they often don't have enough water to serve their new residents and businesses. Buying more is expensive. As Jody Peterson reports, some communities are finding that it's cheaper to get water by conserving it instead. On the cottonwood-lined main street of Severance, Colorado, morning birdsong fills the air. It's soon drowned out, though, by the roar of a backhoe. This former farm town is replacing crumbling old water lines that serve a rapidly growing population. Severance has doubled in size over the last five years, as home buyers, thwarted by soaring prices in Denver and Fort Collins, look for more affordable options. Definitely have seen a lot of growth. That's Severance's community development director, Mitch Nelson. He says one of the biggest challenges his town faces is securing enough water for continued growth. That wasn't something Severance had to worry about just a decade ago. Now, as drought strains the state and tens of thousands of newcomers move to the busy front range each year, towns like Severance are thinking about growth and water usage in ways that they never have before. Here's Nelson again. 
In the past, the town's future goals from a land use standpoint wasn't discussed along the side of water conservation and severance, so that was the first step. But figuring out where this new water will come from is another question. While large cities on the Front Range have senior water rights and long-established supplies, small towns like Severance usually do not. Severance relies on the Colorado Big Thompson Project, which delivers water from the headwaters of the Colorado River to more than a million Front Range residents each year. However, one unit of that water is now approaching $65,000, nearly 10 times what it cost just a decade ago, thanks to higher demand and shrinking supplies from decades of drought. Now, towns are finding a way to avoid buying so much of that expensive water, doubling down on conservation. So for communities like Severance, the cost per acre foot of conservation is significantly less expensive than new supply. That's Lindsay Rogers, the Colorado Basin Program Manager for the Water Now Alliance. But conservation alone can't meet all of a town's future water needs, says Mitch Nelson, Severance's Community Development Director. You have to do both. You have to acquire the potable water because that is what people used to drink and reduce the usage of water for irrigation. That reduction in irrigation water use is mostly going to happen in new developments, as towns like Severance work to integrate water planning into their land use planning for the future. Making growth water smart from the start provides more bang for the buck, says Aaron Rugland, program manager at the Arizona-based Babbitt Center for Land and Water Policy. So that developments are made to be more water efficient rather than trying to incentivize individual homeowners, businesses to reduce their water use. In January, the town approved a comprehensive plan that incorporates conservation throughout. It identifies opportunities like making landscaping more water efficient and creating a fee structure to encourage conservation. Town core is intended to be, you know, mixed use housing, higher densities, commercial that brown area is where we've seen Back in Severance, Mitch Nelson describes a map hanging on his office wall that shows future growth areas. Other small front-range towns have created similar maps and plans. They've implemented water efficiency improvements and passed conservation ordinances. And they've also bought out farms to use the water rights for more subdivisions. Severance, says Nelson, is trying to avoid that. I think the goal is just to try and maintain those historic uses and not dry this area up. These small front range towns will keep growing for the foreseeable future. But planning now for water conservation can take the pressure off, allowing towns to not have to compete quite so hard for their slice of the region's limited water supply. I'm Jody Peterson in Fort Collins, Colorado. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for a chance of showers and thunderstorms tonight with mostly cloudy skies and a low around 40 degrees. Tuesday, showers and thunderstorms are likely with a high in the mid-60s during the day and a low around 40 at night. Wednesday, showers and thunderstorms are likely with a high near 65. Wednesday night calls for showers and thunderstorms with a low around 45. This has been the news for Monday, June 28th. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206.